0: What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles, and listen to the Two Man Power Trip. Chad and John, the Two Man Power Trip. That's uh, that's an awesome uh, name for yourselves. Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? we ready to go, or what? Okay. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Scotty Riggs, and you're listening to the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Hey, man, what's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie, Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me.
2: And today's episode is brought to you and powered by Collector's World in Annandale, Virginia. On Saturday, February 6th, former WWE superstar Kevin Thorne and former ECW world champion, the franchise, Shane Douglas, will be appearing live at Collector's World, signing autographs from noon to 1.30 p.m. Visit Collector'sWorldVA.com for more information about that awesome event and with that being said, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, Primetime John Paz. And John, we kick off year number two of the two-man power trip of wrestling, and we get back to basics We get back to finding out about the professional wrestlers who have the stories that need to be heard and need to be told. And today's episode does not disappoint in that department, as we are joined by professional wrestling veteran, the outlaw, Joel Deaton, a former All Japan Wrestling Tag Team Champion. And of course, if you dial it back to a couple past episodes, we've heard Joel Deaton's name mentioned before. But you want to talk about the unsung heroes, you want to talk about the veterans that really left their mark in terms of the workers' eyes on the business of professional wrestling, but John, one thing that's funny, you know, the old cliche is, you're never really retired as long as you got a pair of boots... And that was the first question I asked Joel Deaton, you know, after we kind of looked into his background a little bit further and we saw that he uh, just wrestled a few years back and, you know, kind of asked him, how's retirement treating him? Well, that was not the right first question because a wrestler is never retired. But it's not just that, that he's not retired. It's uh, do not call the man a ding dong. And John, you can tell him a little bit more about that. But what did you think about Joel Deaton and kicking off year number two with a little bit of the outlaw? yes chatty boy back again
1: here at the two-man power trip of a wrestling and you know what this was another absolutely fun episode that we did and this is kind of the essence of the show that's kind of why we started the show to begin with yes we do love the big names and the huge guest list that we've had and all the unbelievable guys that have come on the show but think about it we do love the underrated guys the under you know the underused guys the undervalued guys the guys that kind of went under the radar and somewhat forgotten. And our guest today, Joel Deaton, the outlaw, definitely falls under that guideline for sure. Now you think about Joel, and you think mostly his time you know, in the NWA and stuff like that, but you really think about All Japan Pro Wrestling and the legendary run that he had there and the legendary roster that was a part of All Japan Pro Wrestling while he was there. But you know, we'll definitely talk about that in a second. Before we get th- to that, you know specific uh, timeline and that time frame in his career. Let's just first say that uh, you know he great funny story with him about not being retired, and you know he's really not retired officially, which is you know a great thing to say, and he's got a great line about that. And another thing that he's not is a ding-dong now if you go on the various websites I always do research I always you know triple check uh, just go over a lot of things I mean we know a lot of stuff but you just wanna you know verify and just make sure and go over some things that you know that are out there but you're not 100% sure on and one thing that we do touch upon is the Ding Dongs, because it's been said that him and Fred Deaton were the Ding Dongs by various websites, and it's been said for a long time that was a part of his career that he was a member of that horrible tag team created by Jim Hurd in the early 90s in WCW. Now, if you don't know who they are, please check out the Ding Dongs on YouTube. You will see the horrible bells, the horrible gimmick, the horrible uh, attire. It was an absolutely awful gimmick, and Hurd obviously didn't last too long, and he also had another horrible idea about a tag team called the Hunchbacks where they could not be pinned. And that's been covered by many guys, including Ole Anderson and Ric Flair in his book. So the ding-dongs go right along with it, which is being one of the absolute worst gimmicks of all time and one of the dumbest ideas of all time. And obviously they didn't last long and they were absolutely hated by the fans and wrestlers alike. But we talked to Joel about it because it's out there and he says that he is not one of the ding-dongs. It was never him. And, uh, It was Jim Evans, I believe, and Richard Saffron. I think. Don't quote me on that. Maybe it was George Saffron. I'm not sure exactly who, you know, he says was the ding-dongs. I don't recall, but he claims that it wasn't him. So that's very interesting, and you just got to love these history sites. I mean, maybe he really was. Maybe he really wasn't, but according to him, and I'll take him from his word that he wasn't, you just got to love these history sites, you know, getting their information wrong. And uh, par for the course with the Internet, you know, this day and age is people getting things wrong. And that's why we like to right those wrongs right here on the show at the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling.
2: But isn't that why we love the internet? Because you never know what you're going to find. And honestly, look, we're all human. Our brains aren't working the same way maybe they once were. And of course, with professional wrestling, you can only digest so much information without having to verify certain things. And John, I mean, all the stats and all the numbers and all the things that we look at for every episode i mean you know to to kind of call these websites out for their wrong information is uh you know it's it 's definitely due in terms of uh, needing to be said on the show because you know you just see some awful information, but you know listen that 's another show for another day let 's stick to the outlaw and let 's talk about how he really is one of the unsung guy superstars to head over to Japan the Americans that head over to Japan and obviously go back and listen to have already referenced it once, but listen to Danny Spivey listen to stan Hansen John I know you 're mentioning it too, but Let's just let them, you know, talk about how these guys, when they go over to Japan and they become these mega superstars, and we can see it even with AJ Styles today, uh, you know, you see how they are just these polarizing uh, names in another country, but being able to master the promotions and master the work and really become respected is just so admirable and joel deaton really is on the top of that list when it comes to the fact that he had such a great career over in japan and with all the multiple tag team partners that he did team with you know he always managed to be a part of the tag team landscape but john talk about it in a little bit more detail the fact that as a guy gene over there he really had to really you know carve his own niche and, and make his mark in a world where, uh, you know, sometimes it's really hard to stand out, but Joel Deaton managed to stand the test of time over there in Japan.
1: Now, I alluded to it before, Chad, you alluded to it before, him being the unsung Gaijin in the midst of all those huge names in all Japan pro wrestling. The Gaijin history in Japan is legendary. Obviously, a lot of huge names that were over there, you know, making huge names for himself, such as Big Van Vader. Andre the Giant, and so on. But, you know, specifically, you know, as far as our show is concerned, the greatest gaijin of all time, in our opinion, is Stan the Larry and Hansen. And he was on the show, and he talks about uh, teaming and facing Joel. And, obviously, Joel has a lot of great Stan Hansen stories as well. But just think about it. Obviously, Hansen is one of the, uh, you know, huge names in the pantheon of great names that were the gaijins that wrestled not only in Japan, but specifically for all Japan pro wrestling, especially... As we're relating to Joel Deaton here, think about the names that wrestled against or, you know, with him in his time there. Obviously, Hanson, like I mentioned, Terry and Dory Funk, Steve Williams, Terry Gordy, Danny Spivey, the Patriot, the Malinkos, Crawford and Furnace. Obviously, I mentioned Andre and obviously I mentioned Big Van Vader as well. So, I mean, just think about that. That is just amazing. And you kind of forget that Joel Deaton and Billy Black were an awesome tag team. They won the uh All Japan tag team championships and you just kind of forget about their run there because there were so many great guys there at that point and that is just a total testament of how awesome All Japan was during that era, you know, the late 80s early 90s. They were just on fire even through the mid 90s as well. They were just unbelievable and probably one of the greatest leagues ever and will go down in history as a truly unforgettable promotion. And then you just think of some of the Japanese guys and the legendary names that he's wrestled. I mean, we do have a great story up on YouTube. He's talking about Baba and Anoki, But besides the giant Baba in All Japan, uh, he wrestled guys like Tenru, Masawa, Kawada, Tao, and of course the legendary Kenta Kobashi. So you just think, what an unsung hero and one of the most underrated gaijins ever in the history of All Japan Wrestling is our guest, Joel Jichen, the outlaw. And it was just great to get him on and just great to hear such... Tremendous stories about All Japan and his time there. And it's just one of those truly remarkable eras and a truly remarkable times in the business where you just go back and you watch some of those matches and you just sit there in awe and say, Wow, this is just unbelievable and uh, quite possibly will never be matched again.
2: Definitely will never be matched again, and that's a great damn point. And really listen to Joel Deaton as he explains his career. It's kind of funny, you know, John and I have a little bit of a running joke about the record for how long one person can answer a question. With his answer, maybe exceeding 10 minutes, with of course the record holder being the great Bob Zamuda, which you can go back and listen to the Bob Zamuda episode in either the iTunes archive or over on the Android apps. Why don't you go check him out on Player FM? Go listen to our old episodes on the Player FM app and dig up Bob Zamuda. He was about 20 minutes answering one question without. Either one of us interrupting him or interjecting, and Joel Deaton takes a nice stab at that record, but really gives us a complete career chronological rundown, and it's pretty impressive, but it's also very well said, and Joel Deaton is a great episode, and actually, I would love to do something with Joel Deaton again down the road, but more in a different capacity where we can dig a little bit deeper into some of the feuds, more specifically because you're going to really love what he's got to say. But with that being said, let's do a little bit of maintenance first, and that is today's episode is brought to you by Collector's World in Annandale, Virginia. And you can visit collectorsworldva.com for more information about Kevin Thorne and the franchise Shane Douglas appearing at Collector's World in Annandale, Virginia, on saturday february 6 2016 they're going to be there from 12 to 1 30 p.m signing autographs taking pictures shooting the breeze with the fans and we will be there in attendance as well and we're really looking forward to that event and again you can check out collectorsworldva.com for more information about that great event it's going to be fantastic and we really look forward to seeing some of the great folks out there live at Collector's World. Also, want to mention, we are a part now of the Topropress.com radio network. You can catch exclusive Best of episodes as well as some original content debuting later this month on the TopRowPress.com radio network. Please support Ryan and the guys over there on the Topropress.com radio network. Whew. And John, with that being said, hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business, and throw it over to the outlaw Joel Deaton.
1: And now onto some TMPT business, Chad. As you previously mentioned, we are now part of the Top Rope Press family. That's right, Top Rope. Excuse me, TopRopePress.com. And the Top Rope Press Radio Network. We're a part of them and we're giving exclusive best ofs every week on there. So please check us out there and please check out Top Rope Press. Also, some more TMPT business, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at RasslinPal and at Two Man Power Trip. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while you're on iTunes, check out the feed for past great episodes with The Late Great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, Tully Blanchard, Stan Lariat, Hanson, The Blueprint, Matt Morgan, Scotty Riggs, Jerry Lynn, and so, so, so many more. So please check us out on iTunes. Don't forget about the website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. And speaking of another great sports network that we're associated with, check us out every week on the i95 Sports Network. Google it up and check it out. That is the i95 Sports Network. We're bringing best ofs and exclusives to them as well. So please check us out on there. Always some good stuff. Now, If you're interested in booking Kevin Thorne, a.k.a. Mordecai, a.k.a. Kevin Fertig, please email bookings at tmptofwrestling.com. That is bookings at tmptofwrestling.com. Just remember one thing, he's back out of exile. And if you can, check out the pictures of his transformation because he is looking huge. He's back and he's in great shape. And he wants to bring the bike club to a town near you. So email us for all that booking information on the big man and why you're at it. Go check out the Kevin Thorne page on Pro Wrestling Tees. They're making the greatest t-shirts in the history of the wrestling business. So please go to ProWrestlingTees.com for all your Kevin Thorne t-shirts. And you too can be a member of the bike club. And now, without any further ado, the former All Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champion. He is... The Outlaw, Joel Deaton. Please enjoy.
3: All right. Well, joining us on the line tonight is former All Japan Tag Team Champion, former NWA Georgia Tag Team Champion, and an NWA Central States Tag Team Champion. You would know him as the Outlaw, Joel Deaton. Thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling.
0: What's going on guys uh down here in Georgia a little uh a little bit south down here it's uh, a little chilly tonight I'm glad to see it you know it's been so dang hot this summer how y'all doing
3: Uh we're doing fantastic and it's awesome to uh have you on the show uh as i was telling you right before we uh we started recording here we had uh we've had some people mention you in the past and we wanted to get you on find out what you've been going you know going on post uh, retirement and uh, also talk about what happened in your career you had an awesome career we're huge fans of all Japan pro wrestling especially the vintage stuff so uh, we had a partner of yours Danny Spivey on not too long ago and we just want to kind of get into that but I, you know I guess first things first ever since you retired how have you been enjoying post wrestling retirement
0: uh, well uh You know what? Somebody told me a long time ago uh, that, uh, you know, wrestlers uh, never retire. Uh, 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 The time uh, between bookings just gets longer. uh, (laughs) So, you know, I mean, uh, I wrestled a match a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact. But, uh, you know, I mean, it was the first one in like a year. But but I've pretty much been, you know. Uh, retired for really, might as well say ten years. Uh, I hadn't, you know, been on any kind of circuit. I'll, I'll play around with the Indy every now and then. And got a little small promotion down here in Dublin that we're, uh, that we're running. We're running uh, a couple of towns a month. And uh, but other yeah. than that, it's been, uh, it's been uh, loving being back home. You know, I has gone for twenty five years and. Get back home around the family, and spend a little time.
3: Oh, that's awesome. And especially a majority of your career being in Japan and we're gonna get into that. Uh I'm sure you know, the uh recent boom of Japanese pro wrestling and the Americans over in Japan becoming such a big deal in the States is kinda like uh you know, when you think of the names that have been over there, it's kinda like not too little too late, but you kinda wish maybe some of the Americans had the access to some of that Japanese pro wrestling. Like I said, we will get to that in a minute. But let's start off at the beginning of your career. And that's how did you get into the business? Uh and what made you want to become a wrestler?
0: Well I had a double scholarship in football and baseball out of high school and, and uh and went to uh went to school uh for a little over a year and uh, I was uh uh, I had a young girlfriend, uh, you know, and I was young. And, uh, and so uh, I, uh, she got pregnant, and I had to support, try to support my family, being a young father and all that. So I, I left school and went to Atlanta, and I went to work in, in a uh, health spa. Um, they called call health spas back then. But, uh, and I was like a, a personal trainer type uh uh, yeah, I guess you could say. But uh, anyway, uh, La- Lars Anderson, uh, he would come in there and train from time to time, and uh, you know, and uh, he he just kind of started talking to me, and uh, you know, told me he had a wrestling school, and uh, you know, I said, well, you know, I never wrestled in high school. I was, I played uh, you know football, basketball, and baseball, but you know, I was a pretty good size, and, and anything I basically tried, I was pretty decent at, but but it kind of intrigued me, you know? I mean, I had watched wrestling a little bit, uh, you know, as a teenager, uh, but it wasn't something that I was really, uh, you know, paid to go see, or, or I, I think the only only match I ever went to see, I went to see Terry Funk wrestle Jack Briscoe here in my hometown in Warner Robins, and that was, that was like 70, shoot, I don't know, four or five up maybe, but, uh, but anyway, um, so Lars, uh, Lars, uh, talked me into coming over, and I, and I started training, and, and, uh. Uh and, and uh and another guy, David, uh, uh actually his real name was Deaton. Uh Deaton's not my real name, but uh his name was Deaton and he was a two time uh he was a two time uh, heavyweight champion uh re uh amateur wrestler in high school and he also uh was uh, on a scholarship to uh, uh Ole Miss and uh um uh in wrestling and football and, and so he was a, and he was a legit you know six four two uh- two two ninety you know and then you know for he was a big dude man he wasn't fad you know i mean he's just a big guy and uh anyway we we were kind of like Lars's top students and uh and, uh, and, he, and and he and uh, he had a little TV, uh, got a little TV going. It was right there in Atlanta, Georgia. It was called World League Wrestling. And, uh, 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 you know, it was in opposition to Ole in Georgia Championship Wrestling. You know, like, we were the one down in the West Indies, Barbados, Trinidad, uh, Antigua, uh, and, and then St. Croix, St. Todd. We were touring all down in there. We weren't really running around Georgia, but, you know, Ole you know, to him we were opposition, but really we wasn't but we, you know. <laughs> but anyway so we stayed with Lars for a good year or so and, and he just uh he just kinda run out of uh backing and, and uh he couldn't you know, we we were in green and uh and so we uh you know told Lars we had to uh you know, we had to, to go on to greener pastures, he understood. And uh, so we went over and asked Oli, uh, you know, could we come uh, to work over there at Georgia Championship? And Oli said, sure. Uh, you know, it, it, us being Lars' top tag team and, and his little small promotion, he, he took he brought us over there and booked us against uh, about a 19-year-old boy I just posted that match as a matter of fact, missed. 38 years. Buzz Sawyer and Ricky Fields against me and Hoss. Uh, I was 20, Hoss was 23, Buzz was about 19 or 20, and uh, uh, Gordon saw the commentate. But anyway, uh, he told Buzz and Ricky to go out there and eat us up, don't give us nothing, just squash us, and and, and so they... uh, you know, we got out there and, and after trying a couple of moves, and you know they were they weren't work, working real well with us. But you know, like I can say, Hoss was you know, Hoss was a bad dude, man. I mean, I can hold my own. Hoss was uh, was show sure enough tough. And uh, so anyway, we got through the match, and uh, and we we you know we 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 blocked Shine, you know as much as uh, we could, we, and, and so when we walked back to the dressing room, Wahoo McDaniel walked up to us and said, uh, Hey, you guys want to come work for me out in San Antonio? He was just taking the book over out there for Joe Blanchard, Toby's dad. And, and so we went out there to, uh, Southwest Texas, uh, championship wrestling and, uh, and stayed out there for about eight months. And, uh, Left there, went to uh, well, coming coming through there, we stopped off and watched this territory and did some TV, and then and then we left San went to Florida for in Florida for about a year. Left there, went to uh, up in Tulsa, worked for Leroy McGuire there for eight nine months, and uh, and then we went to Puerto Rico and worked over there for four, four or five months uh well david the house stayed longer than i did but uh and then uh in eighty three i i uh house took another job uh they uh, uh, had a th offer with this union or something, so he' was gonna give it a try, but anyway, and so I went to Charlotte uh and i got booked up there in eighty three and uh broke my Ankle in a match in Hendersonville, North Carolina, wrestling Vinnie Valentino. I don't know if you remember him, but uh, we kind of got tangled up some kind of way and fell awkward, and it just you know like fractured my ankle. But uh, I had rode to the town with Wahoo, uh, as a matter of fact, and so Wahoo, uh, you know, they had to help me from the ring. I couldn't, you know, walk. run down, you know, leg was broke. But uh, uh, so Wahoo. You know, he sits me down, and and uh, I think we were on, like, third or something. And uh, he says, here, kid, he gives me a couple of pills, some kind of pills. I don't know what they were. I not know nothing about pills. And uh, uh, so I took them and, uh, and then, you know, waited on to the – I think he was probably the main event. But anyway, when we left, uh, uh, we went to a convenience store, and uh, – and Wahoo went and bought a whole bag of ice, a whole bag. And he took took that bag of ice and taped the whole bag on my ankle. Uh, and then it was about two and a half hours back to Charlotte. So, we, you know, I wasn't feeling no pain. We got back, the time we got back to Charlotte, took me to the hospital and all. And uh, when they took the damn bag of ice off my ankle. My ankle was about frostbit, Uh, you know, from being on, on there for two, two hours or something. And I was, buzzing from whatever it was he gave me and didn't uh, feel it but uh <laughs> it was kind of funny. But uh anyway that kept me out for a year and uh and then I came back and uh sometime in eighty four and, and uh wrestled as Joel Beaton uh uh there eighty four and then in eighty five Dusty called me in and uh and gave me wanted to give me the Thunderfoot gimmick. Well, actually, he said he wanted me to 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 do the old Inferno uh, thing where they load the boot and have a built-up boot and all that. But you know, he he, he left the name to me, and, and, and uh, you know, and and he gave me J J. Uh, Dylan as was my manager. You know, J J. was the top manager in the territory. So basically, what they did, you know, they they gave me. Uh, Uh, you know, a couple dozen wins on TV. And then uh, at that time, you know, we were selling out. Uh, We we had an A and a B team in Charlotte. Uh, You know, Dusty and Flair and the Horseman would be off in one town and Rock and Roll Midnight would uh, be off in another town. And we were selling out everywhere. And and so, you know, it didn't matter what... uh, uh, you know, A or B team was going gonna to make money. So, so I, I basically, uh, you know, uh, worked in the semi mains and, 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 upper middle cards uh, as Thunderfoot, you know, putting the top baby faces over, which I didn't care. I was just glad to be in the territory because it was, uh, you know, had some of the best talent and, in, in. you know, Charlotte was, uh, was hot there for a good four or five years. And, uh, so I was on for a couple of years, and uh, I think I've stayed in that territory five years as a matter of fact and uh um and then uh that, that we used to have these, the Jim Crockett Memorial Tag team tournament each year, and uh you know along with the starcades and the bashes and the, all that other stuff we used to do but uh um, uh and so we were in Baltimore, Maryland, at, at at one of the rounds of the tournament for the uh, for the Jim Crockett uh, thing, and and, uh, uh, and I and 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 they brought in teams from all over the world, and and uh, Baba came in, and he brought a young boy with him from over there. I can't even remember his name, but uh, anyway, Nelson Royal. I don't know if you remember Nelson or not, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh he, he introduced me to Baba and uh and I asked him, I was standing there in my Thunderfoot stuff. I said, you know, Mr Baba, would you please consider uh, you know, uh, letting me come on a tour to Japan? And uh and they he, he reached over and got his book out and looked around and said, Yeah, you know, gave me a date, you know. And Gene Liggan, who was Thunderfoot too, uh he he gave Gene a tour and then Nelson uh, also uh was on that tour, and and uh, for my my first tour, but but he looked at me and said, "But when you come over there, don't uh, you know? Don't don't wear the, you know that mask or not, or your outfit there." <laughs> he wanted me, you know, <laughs> he didn't want the mask, and uh, so uh, so that's how it started. You know, I went over there. I worked hard. I di- I did. Uh, you know, uh, the people. Well, they put me with Sam Hansen right off the bat. Uh, uh, you know, three quarters of the tour, I had me tagging him with him, and you you either learn with him, or or or, or you know you get uh, you, you know you just get shooed to the to the wayside. But uh, uh, huh. anyway, uh, you know, so. Uh, um, so, you know, they had me with Stan and, and Stan, you know, of course can't learn with him, can't learn with nobody. And uh uh and so he he uh, he took kinda of took me under his wing and and I was with him for a little over a year or so, then I was uh with Dick Slater, uh tied with Dickie for at least two years. And then I floated around there a year or two and then I and then I brought Billy over in about 90, I think, and uh, Billy Black, and uh, and then we, uh, then Billy had a good bit of success, uh, you know, Billy was, was a hell of a worker and talent, and, uh, you know, I saw him do things over here at an independent show that I'd never even seen a guy, you know, and I watched him, I said, damn, you know, he was doing moonsaults and, and spin kicks and, and, and stuff that they weren't even doing in Japan. And I said, you know, this is, this guy would, would get over, you know, over there. Uh, you know, he wasn't the biggest or the muscle muscled up guy or or nothing like that. But, but, uh, his, his agility and his, uh, you know, his talent was, was, was way up there. And, uh, you know, it fit right into the Japanese style. So, uh, I figured that, you know, we'd, we'd make a good team. And, uh, so I did forty two tours for uh for Baba and uh from eighty seven until ninety six I think it was. Almost ten years.
3: Uh-huh. Right. So do it but doing forty two tours for Baba and obviously with Baba, you know, we've heard the stories of just, you know, how respected he was and you know, working in Japan was such you know, just such an honorable thing at that point. But, you know, when you talk about how you were getting in and, you know, you mentioned Lars Anderson and competing with Oli and then, you know, the territories and and all that from the early part of your career. When you moved from, you know, Lars to Oli and then Oli, you work, worked for Wahoo and then Wahoo, you did time with the Crockett's. When you were working the territories, did you like going from place to place? You know, I know Japan being really, you know, it's bus tours. You're going to some specific venues, but actually working the territories and traveling with – you know, different partners or a manager. Did you like doing that? Um, you know, at that point of your career, you know, starting out and going from place to place.
0: Yes, that 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 was uh, the beauty of, of the territory. Uh, you know, you you work one place six eight months a year, uh, and then you have a blow off or whatever angle you're doing, and, and then you hop to the next territory, same thing. Next territory, the same thing by the time you work your way around back to where you started, you're fresh again. And, uh, and, and, and you know, there was just so many places for guys to go learn. And, and, and most of all the territories had all journeyman, uh, workers, uh, you know, and people to learn from. And, uh, you know, I, I you know, I worked in there with Leroy McGuirk up there and Scandal Akmore was our manager, uh, up there with me and me and Hoss and, and, and then over in Puerto Rico and down in Florida for for Dory Junior, you know. We worked Jack and Jerry Briscoe all over the Florida for those uh those uh US belts or whatever they had down there in Florida. But uh um you know, I mean it was it was a, it was just a great uh time to me i mean uh you know uh, and, and you got a ch- you know you got a chance to you know like actually you know i, I worked florida the, uh, I, I i worked florida the the whole you know the, i was in that territory eight nine months okay yeah, i come up through continental stayed there about a month went went over went through uh watches uh uh out there in Louisiana for about a month. And then we went up to Leroy McWork up there in, in Tulsa and Tulsa and worked up there as, with Akbar as our manager and then you know, the first territory was out there for Joe Blanchard, uh Tully's dad uh with Wahoo being the booker and uh and, and, and we worked Kansas City too. Uh when well that was after Crockett bought it out and, uh he sent us all out there, uh, Cambodia, we about started there. but uh but uh, you know, we'd already been in Charlotte for over three years, so I was just kind of giving us a little break, I guess, but right when Magnum had uh, his uh, car wreck is the time we were out there, but uh, anyway, um, you know, I mean, but, but I tell you, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I learned from, you know, Lars was the whole, it was the innovator of the whole Anderson brother uh, uh, uh story line uh you know uh he, he's the one that came up with all that it was Lars and Jean and then they brought over in and Oli and Lars never got along, and so they, they didn't stay in the same place too long and uh <laughs> I mean you know uh I just was lucky to learn and, and be around all the all the masters. I mean I you know, I i think I've wrestled uh uh eleven ten or eleven uh world champs. Uh it might be more than that. I just didn't think about it but uh uh you know, uh and and, and they were just abundance of talent every really every territory I worked and, and you know you could put guys, young guys could go there and learn. Of course, you have to have an end. You know, they, it ain't like today. They, you know, they, you know, it, it wouldn't take you unless you, you know, you come on somebody, they respect his word. It gets you in. But, uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, uh, stop me anytime if you want to ask, ask me No, a man, I'm you know,
3: just – I'm enthralled. I love listening to you tell the stories. But I will just interject here because, uh, you know, there's so much I want to go back to touch on. But just quickly, you know, another former guest of ours is J.J. J. Dillon. And, you know, J.J. J. Dillon, before he went to the horseman, before he went to Tully, was your manager. And you mentioned him as you were telling about your chronological – Uh, growth throughout the history, and of course, J.J., you know, being one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time when it comes to being a manager, but having him in your corner, you feel like that elevated you, you know, as a, you know, as a wrestler, maybe not even just as a tag, but as a singles guy, just to turn around and see J.J. there and the heat that he could generate for you?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, it was a definite rub and a push for me. See, I'd worked underneath uh, there for almost two years, okay, but, but, you know, I ain't patting myself on the back. You guys ask anybody who was in the territory with me, you know, or whatever. I was. A lot of people, I put it to you like this. A lot of, some, not a lot, but some guys that came through there would get pushes that they not necessarily deserved. And, uh, and I was. Uh, finally, uh, you know, I, I mean, they kept me booked. You know, but I was underneath, and, and so the, finally, I mean, I, I, I just, I guess I just got kept getting a little better or whatever. And finally, you know, Dusty said, you know, you were was, was good, and hey, them giving me what? JJ, JJ was the top manager in the in the company, you know, and and so they, you know, here we're gonna give you JJ and 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 you know get get, get you started with this. Thunderfoot thing, and, and uh, you know, I got two and a half years, more years out of it in the territory, in the hottest territory in the country there, so, you know, I mean, I I, I was felt so blessed to, you know, to, yeah, but yeah, J.J. meant the world of difference. I mean, you know, if they would have gave me Paul Jones, you know, that would have been good, but hell, they gave me J.J., you know, and, and uh, so... You know, they wanted to get me over, and they did, but but I I really think that if they would have given me a little more direction and help, uh, they kind of left me on my own with it, uh, you know, and and, and I don't know. uh, You know, I I, I think of it, I I just think, you know, if it was handled differently, it would have, it got over, but it it would have got over, like, you know, strong. Uh, but you know, uh, but you know, it, it got over good enough to you know keep me uh, for my pay to go up and me to be up in the middle and semi mains and some main events, uh, you know, across the Crockett territory and uh, and so you know I was happy I was making money and and then you know then I worked into the uh, job with uh, with Boba and I went back into WCW in ninety one or two there for a while i worked a little angle with tommy rich back when he was still you know looking pretty good and uh uh and had uh, me and samu teamed up a few times uh jim ross hired me but uh you know um but i mean you know when i went to japan you know i had worked i broke in in 77 And I, and I'd worked, you know, like like seven or eight or nine legit territories. Uh, but when I went to Japan, you know, it, it opened my eyes up to a whole, whole nother world in professional wrestling. Uh, you know, it, it was just, uh, oh man, it was just so different on so many levels, you know, and, and. And they were all uh, better levels, you know, and and uh, it, it, what it did was, it, you know, it, it taught me how to work on top. It taught taught me how to work on top. When they throw you out there with Hanson, you know, the first four or five tours you're on, you know, 70% of the time, you know, Stan was the, he was a top. Guy Jean, American wrestler that ever went to Japan, you know. And uh, if you know anything about him being over there, which I would hope you do, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, so it was a good rub for them to trust me to put me, you know, put me out there. And for some reason, you know, I got reaction out of those people uh, where a lot of uh, stars from over here that would go over there wouldn't. And, and, uh, you know, they, they appreciated that they knew who you were and that you were a star from over here and all that, but once that bell rang, if you didn't give them something, then, you know, you didn't get no reaction out of them. And it's a different, it was a different psychology and a different, it's still pro wrestling, but it was, if you could learn the secret of their psychology, then it it would help you. And a lot of guys never got it, you know, But, but I was, that's where my value always came in, anyway. I mean, I wasn't no—I'm a big guy. I'm six four, two forty, two fifty, but uh, but I never was a steroid head, or you know, I, I I wasn't a muscle man or a badass, or I mean, I could handle myself, but uh, my value always came in uh, was because I could work with with anybody on uh, on the card, and I I could I could mix. You know, some some guys will have a certain style that they work, and that's they stick to their to their style. And when you put somebody out there against them that has a style that's contrasting with with their style, and they don't know how to conform it, you know, to, then it a lot of times it it doesn't uh, tend to be a good match. And and I was lucky enough to be able to adapt. My style into about anybody, so I, you know, and and the bookers, uh, they valued that because it wasn't everybody that could do that. So they knew they could put me in the first match of the main event, and you know, I, I, I would, you know, I, would get the job done. And I was just, I was just blessed to, to uh, figure it out uh, sooner than others, I guess, but. Uh, but uh, and Baba was a, you know, Baba was a look-you-in-the-eye, handshake man, you know, I mean, he, he'd tell you something, he, you know, you would go to the grave with it, I mean, you know, honor and, and man of your word, and, and he was just that kind of guy, you you'd never, ever had to worry about uh, Shioshi Baba stabbing you in the back, you know, but, uh, you know, we run into that problem over here, but uh, never over there.
1: Now, I definitely want to get into, you know, your awesome time in All Japan Wrestling with Baba. But if I could just one one second, because you mentioned, you know, being hired in WCW by Jim Ross. What was your take on, um, you know, another, uh, you know, quite a character who I guess would be considered your boss at the time in WCW, and that was Jim Hurd, and he created a very – Silly gimmick for uh, you, you know, you were a part of, and that was the Ding Dongs. What did you think of that gimmick, and what did you think of Jim Hurd?
0: The Ding Dongs? Is that what you said? Yeah. I, was, I wasn't part of any Ding Dongs. Who told you that?
1: Oh, it's online. It says that, because uh, I always wondered who was under the mask at uh, that gimmick, and it said uh, you were part of that tag team.
0: No, uh, I was uh, was that was that a, a clown thing? It, it I
1: mean, was a we it was a weird gimmick in WCW. It was like a jokey.
0: I, it seems like I vaguely remember that, but I'm, it seems like I was thinking of something like going the clown or something. But no, uh, it, 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 whoever's got that wrote down and whatever you're reading it in, that that's wrong. That's false. I was never a ding dong. <laughs> Oh,
1: okay.
0: uh, yeah, I stayed in uh, I came in, uh, in, in back in W C W in ninety I think one in ninety one, ninety two or something and I came in as outlaw Deaton. Uh and uh, uh and I, you know, I, tag, I I did some single I did a little, uh, little angle with Tommy Rich and I did some uh, some tagging with uh uh with uh samu you know like cornet would uh kind of hire his thugs or whatever to beat somebody up it was you know fixing to wrestle his midnight spread just stuff you know stuff like that but it but uh jim heard you know i i might have met him like once or twice i actually stopped and spoke to him you know uh jim ross hired me so i i you know, I, I went through. If I had something, I'd go to Jim and ask him, or he, you know, or, or, or you know, I never really, really uh, got to know the man or, or or got up under him or anything. I, I just did all my dealings through uh, through through Jim because Jim had uh, did some commentating back for Lars back in you know seventy seven. He remembered me from then when I first broke in, and so you know he. Plus, he, he he had heard, uh, you know, about my success in Japan, and and, uh, uh, and, and you know, people say if they want to, you, you know, you keep a job over there, then you know you get props, you know, <laughs> so, you know it, it's not easy, but but it, it's a great company, and I'm I, you know I'm glad I've went and 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 would rather be there than anywhere but it's it's pretty rough sometimes <laughs> oh definitely and
1: obviously you know you you had some uh, matches against the uh, the icon of wcw the franchise and that was uh a guy who you know made his return actually not really return return to wrestling but shocking uh debut last year in the WWE, and that was sting you know what were what your thoughts on the stinger
0: well uh, you know what? I had uh I wrestled Sting the very first match he ever had in WCW. In uh Starcade in the Omni in Atlanta. I'm thinking it was eighty five, but it may have been eighty four, but I think it was eighty five. But the, they built they built him up, you know, and played some little videos or whatever and then uh when they brought Sting in, I wrestled Sting I don't know, It's probably the, maybe the third or fourth match, uh, there uh, in the Omni, um, I think we went about 13, 14 minutes or something, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he, 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 he came, you know, he was with, uh, with the, uh, Warrior there, you know, they were the Blade Runners, and then they split, and, and, uh, Warrior went up to Vince, and Sting came over to WCW, but, uh. But uh, he, you know he 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 was still a little a little green, you know. When and then when he got there, but everybody in Crockett, from the underneath guys to the top, everybody could work. I mean, you know, uh, I mean you, you couldn't you, you couldn't you had to get better if you worked in that territory because everybody you work with, I don't care if it's the First match, or main, main, I mean, everybody could work. Everybody could, you know. And so, you know, they did the same thing. <laughs> they, they put Nikita with me. I had to go on a loop with him a couple times, training him when they brought him in, greener, green as the green could be. And then uh, Starship, Scott Hall, and Danish Pie, they did the same when they brought them in, took musclehead. I love him to death, of God, man, you know, put him with Deaton, you know, he'll teach him, and, uh, <laughs> I, I had to go around with them, uh, Nikita, uh, uh, uh by the time I had a few matches with the Road Warriors, they, they had learned to work a little bit, so they was not really that bad, and, uh. You know the only thing uh, that you have to remember with them is when you're when you're out there in the ring and then and then and the music hits, you know, you just let them get right out there. How they would run to the ring, and slide in, and just beat the crap out of whoever's in there and sling them out and you know, prance around. Well, you know, once you learn to to take a powder right before they got in the ring, then you know you don't have to worry about getting thrown all around and thrown out. You just fly out of the ring, let them prance around. <laughs> but there was some guys that would stay in there, you know, and they'd... <laughs> uh, I guess you had to be there, but... Uh, anyway, um, but but for the most part, man, I mean, gosh, you, you know, he had Steamboat, Piper, Orton, uh, Valentine, Valiant, Rock and Roll... I was riding the berth of the Rock and Roll Express, four horsemen, uh... uh I mean, uh, Jimmy Garvin, uh, uh, just, I mean, you know, uh, it was really a, a great, great place to be, uh, you know, uh, and there were so many, you know, veteran people say, why didn't you go somewhere else? You could have got a push, a bigger push, blah, blah, blah. I said, Hey man, you know, uh, working in the middle, I was making as much as top guys in some of them other territories. And, and uh. And I was, you know, I mean, it was the best place in the country to work at that time. So, you know, so I stayed, and, and then I met Baba, and and you know, got my, got my shot in Japan,
1: which is just an unbelievable run. Like you mentioned, you know, working with uh, Stan Hansen, who, like you said, and we totally agree with, you know, probably the best uh, Jim ever in the in the history, you know, of Japan. There, but, you know, you. We, So many awesome guys that you either teamed with or wrestled with. I know we talked about Spivey, and obviously we just mentioned Stan Hansen, and obviously, you know, you're part of the Wild Bunch with Billy Black, but what was it like, you know, working with Giant Baba while he's over there in Japan, you know, being, you know, basically one of the most over
0: guys? Well, you know what? And I've said this before. When I would go out there, when I would be in a match, uh, wrestling against Baba and and I wrestled against Baba and Andre a, a lot uh, and and you know when you, when you when you go up when you when you go out to the ring and you get out and you get in the ring with with Baba or or him, you know or Baba and Andre as a tag I've, I've had many matches with them as a tag I mean it, it it's unlike it's unlike being out there with anybody else, uh, that I've ever been out there with, you know, Hogan player, uh, you know, Ray, Harley, I mean, right on that. I mean, it's almost spiritual, man. I mean, it, I mean, you look across the those two guys, one of them's the largest man on the planet. And, and, and the other guys, you know, seven foot three or four, whatever he was, uh, you know, Japanese guy. And, and uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it was. Uh, I just, you know, I, I always try to have good matches. I think we 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 had some, you know, some pretty good matches. Baba, like well, I worked with Bobba, you know, a whole uh, bunch. I don't even know how many times. I would say, well over two hundred uh, times, and and, uh, and and Andre probably thirty or forty. I don't know, but uh, but uh, I mean. It, it was just, you know, not not only just to be out there and 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 be, but you know, be out there and, and to and wrestle them, uh, uh, but just to you know, being in the presence, being around them, you know, just uh, sit over, you know, and, and just, you know, watch them interact and and just being around them was it was something, you know, it was special. It was just something. About it, you know. I mean, I, I I won't say I was I marked out on them, but I I was in awe of them. Uh, if that makes any sense, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Be to be around, you know, uh, two great men like that, and, and and they were both nice guys, you know. And, and uh, well, I guess unless you made them made them mad, but. Uh, <laughs> But I, I've never seen either one of them get mad, and you know, and yell or holler at anybody. Uh, so, uh, you know, and I and I wrestled uh, uh, Andre and Anoki over in Hawaii in 1985, and that was the last time Andre and Anoki uh, ever tagged together again. And I'm the only person in history that, that's ever wrestled Andre and Anoki. In a tag match, and then Andre and Baba in a tag match. Uh, I don't know if you know who Maza is, Masa Norihori, uh, the big wrestling fan over in Japan. Uh, but uh, he brought that little s- statistic to my. <laughs> he told me, but every time he he, uh, he comments on something, he'll always say, "Yeah, you're decent. You're the only one that ever wrestled. Oh, you know, Andre and Anoki and Andre and Baba. So for whatever that means, but." Uh, it's uh, you know, really cool, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I mean, I wrestled uh, them in Hawaii over there for Leah Mavia, uh The Rock's grand grandmother, and, uh, and Lars was over there, and Rocky Johnson, uh, The Rock's dad, uh, Dwayne's dad, and uh, and uh, uh, we, we wrestled over there in, in 1985 in the uh, Aloha Stadium, which was uh, where they played the Pro Bowl uh, every year, and and if you go look at that card, there was 52 guys on the card, and I, I'll rival that card against any card there's ever been, any WrestleMania, any... You look at the guys that was on that card, you match them up with, with any card you want to, and that card, it, it, I don't, there's nothing out there to beat it, in my opinion. I mean, there was just somebody represented from every wrestling uh, wrestling organization on the planet, so you know, I've, and and there's some you know some great stories that night too, <laughs> but uh, and uh, but that was yeah in Aloha Stadium. Uh, they called it a hot summer night. You can look it up, uh, Google it, hot summer night in Aloha Stadium. It'll tell you everybody's on the card. It's, I think it's even got a picture of the card. I got that card somewhere, but uh down here, but but I didn't wrestle Andre, I wrestled some some Samoans, Farmer Boy, something, I can't even remember the other one's name, and then we wrestled Andre Danoki, that was in August, uh, when we did the uh, Aloha Stadium, and then that following December, went back over there and did a big show in the Blaisdell Arena there, and and I was working for Crockett then, I, I had some days off, and Crockett bought, brought his crew over there and, and Lars brought me and Hoss over there because, you know, I mean, he trained us. He wanted to, you know, bring us over to Hawaii and stuff. And uh, and so, you know, we were sitting over there in the dressing room and they come walking in like, what the hell are you doing here, you know? but Because uh, Crockett just brought his top guys, you know, Dusty, Nikita, Magnum, uh, Raging Bull, Black Bart. Uh, I mean, King Tom Bundy was on the card, Bruiser Brody, Inoki, Sakaguchi, Flair. Um, uh, um, oh, shoot, if I had to play, I could run it down there. I mean, it, it was just uh, uh, the talent. Huh? Talent was unreal on that card. But like I said, 52 guys, so. <laughs> um, yeah, that-
1: uh, that's you know just the names that you're naming right there. It's just unbelievable, and you know it's just amazing to get all those guys in one card. But all Japan seemed to uh, you know be able to get amazing talent, you know, consistently for years. You know, you know, one you were there, and part of that that whole group there is just amazing. The like the guys, just looking back, even just looking at your resume. I mean, the guys you wrestled is just unbelievable, and something that just jumps right off the page to me. Was when you know you guys were the wild bunch. You win the the oldest tag team titles. You basically have a great feud with Crawford and Furnace. What was it like feud with those guys? Because they're just uh, you know up there as some some of the greatest, most underrated tag teams of all time.
0: Oh yeah, the, uh, uh, Doug and Dan they were they were just fantastic, man. They they you know Doug was uh, fullback at Tennessee uh, University of Tennessee and a power lifter, and and Dan. You know he he got trained up there in Stu Hart's Dungeon, and, and so he had that Canadian uh, 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 style, which is uh, you know I mean he could do spin kicks and flips and and, and 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 impressive looking stuff. And Doug, I mean I mean okay, I'm six foot four, right? Okay, Doug, Doug, I snatch a headlock on Doug. Doug would shoot me into the ropes. I'd hit the ropes, and I'd come when I'd come off on the rope. He he would have called a leapfrog, you know. And and Doug could and Doug wasn't but maybe five eleven or five ten, five eleven, and he would leapfrog. He could jump so high with them powerful legs of his. So he would he would leapfrog, and I wouldn't even have to duck my head when I went under it. You know, and me six four, so about tells you anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they were you know high. they they got uh, you know they got uh, they got uh pushed in in Japan. I mean they they weren't they never made it to the to the very top over there. But I mean when, you know when uh, you got Doc and uh, Steve Williams and Terry Gordy, you got Stan Hansen and Spivey, you got Mizawa and Kawada, you got Kobashi and you know, uh, and you had Jumbo and uh, um, Kabuki. All those got ten was in there for a while. I mean, uh, so you know, it's kind of a pecking order type thing. But but uh, but you still every you know, Baba had he would take anywhere from twelve to fifteen guys on the tour. For, you know, whether. Most of them were American, but some were British, and uh, every now and then a German or, or, or you know, uh, somebody from over in Europe. And oh, uh, Pete Roberts used to come over there a lot. He was a legend over there in uh, in England, and uh, and and Dynamite Kid, David Boy, and and uh, but uh, uh, you know, and so but he had a core group. You know, he he had a core. You know, like Abdullah Stan. Doug, uh, Danny, me, and Billy, uh, the Malinkos, um, uh, Abdullah, um, Spivey—you uh, know—he he, he had a core. Uh, oh, Doc uh, Terry Gordy, Bam Bam, and, and Doc, uh, and then the Patriot and 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 uh, Jackie Fulton—they tagged him up and then the taxes come in there I think Rock and Roll came over there a couple times and uh uh but as far as a core group uh you know he he would keep a keep at least eight or nine eight or nine guys would they, they ran six tours a year every other month so like eight or nine guys would be on every tour and then and then like they would mix new guys in the other three or four you know, would uh would be guys coming over for the first time or or guys coming over that you know that only came once or twice a year or whatever but uh but he kept a, you know he kept a, a good core group and a, and uh, you know everybody worked hard and and, uh, and, and and you know they treated you like gold over there they respected you they they uh uh. You know the people, the fans were were just great. Uh, you know it was one of the best experiences of my life. And uh, you know when you when you get out from the big towns over there, out from you know uh, you know Tokyo, Osaka, Nagoya, Kobe, uh, Sapporo, some of those places are your bigger towns over there. But when you get out into the countryside, into some of the villages, uh, you know it's like stepping back in time, two hundred, three hundred years. Uh, it, it was just it's amazing uh, uh, you know they, hardly any crime I mean women walk the street 3, 4, 5 in the morning they ain't got to worry about no robbing or raping or, or none of that stuff goes on and and, uh, and so I mean it, it was just you know sometimes I'd think, God. how could these people be so vicious uh, in, in World War II like they were and then so passive and nice and you know, like they were when, uh, when you know, when, uh, over there, and uh, I don't know, but uh, but uh, you know, I I just uh, I wouldn't take anything for that experience. It uh, it really taught me a lot, man. It taught me, it taught me, it taught me why God made me a pro wrestler.
1: Hmm. So. That's great stuff, and obviously. You know, you just named the who's who of some of the greatest workers of all time. And that time period in all Japan, you know, it can't really be duplicated because so many good wrestlers in and out, you know, there was one name you didn't mention, and I'm not sure if it was on purpose or not. But I'm just curious because obviously, you know, he made a big name for himself in the WWE a few years ago, and that's Johnny Ace. What are your thoughts on Ace? I know you wrestled and teamed with him quite a bit.
0: Well... I'll say this about John, and uh, uh, probably ninety percent of the people that know him probably say just about the same thing. Uh, that was <coughs> now Johnny. He was Road Warrior's brother, right? Okay, that was his end when he when they first brought him in to Charlotte. He was. You know, the guy The guy was a good looking guy, you know, he, and he, he was tall and he was a good looking guy, but he was beyond horrible when he first started working. That's why they gave him a flag and let him wave it around for the bushwhackers, right? And, uh, hmm. Charlotte. And, uh, but, but, uh, but, but, uh, you know, they worked him, uh, you know, uh, I guess a little more. Uh, I, we kind of, uh, uh, let's see. I, I don't know where he went, or he went. Uh, we missed each other for about three years, from about well, about two years, from like eighty-five to eighty-seven, eighty-eight. When I saw him over in Japan, but but he, uh, you know, I don't care who you are. You know, if you're the worst wrestler on uh, on the planet, if you go over to Japan and you, and and you do regular tours, you're gonna get better. You know. And Johnny did work hard. Johnny worked hard over there, and Johnny got better, and uh, and I gotta give him that. Uh, he did. He 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 did work hard. He did. But Johnny would, you know, Johnny would stab you in the back, man. And Johnny Johnny would uh, would 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 uh, he he would, uh, you know, like if I wanted to get somebody booked over there, all I would have to do is go and talk to Bob and say and tell him, you know, I you know I this guy so and so. So whatever I you know I think you would like him. He would do good over here. Would you consider booking him? And 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 he never told me no. You know I mean it ain't like I got a lot of guys booked, but I got you know five or six booked. You know I I wouldn't put my name out there for just anybody, but uh, but but uh, Johnny, uh, you know he he was in with uh. He was on uh, Matoko, which was Baba's wife, and she liked him. Uh, you know, I, I, nothing romantic or nothing, but she just liked Johnny, and uh, and so and, and 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 she ruled the the, the roost around there. <laughs> but uh, you know, of course. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Johnny, 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 he tried to hamstring me and Billy. I think he tried to hamstring. Doug and uh, Phil and and maybe even the Malencos, uh, you know, to get getting who he wanted over there. You know, he because Baba Baba got uh, booked a couple of guys that that he wanted uh I think his brother and, and I don't know, a few more. But uh for whatever reason, uh you know, I mean we we were we were a family. I mean we you know, we uh, and, and he would uh you know, he 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 would he would go behind your back and try to cut your throat, man. And uh, you know, but but once you were in over there, and once you were respected, and once you got over, it didn't matter. You know what Johnny Ace tried to do. I mean, they Baba wasn't gonna go against his word, or you know, or, or and and smuff you out or, or whatever. I mean, when when you were over. It, and, and then you know with Baba, then he he was gonna he was gonna take care of you, and uh, so. But uh, you know, and then he and then he come over to WCW, and he stole everything from over there in Japan, and bought all you know the finishes and stuff over here, and. And then you know worked in the office, I guess, and then went up there to New York. So you know, good for Johnny. That's all I can say, but. uh but, I mean, I had some good matches with Johnny, and like I said, he worked hard and he got better. Uh, and, uh, you know, they pushed him. Uh, so, you know, I'm not hating on him or nothing. I'm just saying that, it, that you know, he, he wasn't a friend, a real friend, if that makes any sense.
1: Oh, yeah, we've interviewed a few guys, and they kind of basically, like you kind of intimated, they basically uh, said the same thing you did about them. so you know I guess the, you know that's one hundred percent true. But you know we're talking about all Japan, and and you know you should have you know probably the best time of your career, and obviously you're most known, I'd say, for you know teaming with Hanson and have, just having awesome matches in Japan. Obviously we mentioned uh, Crona, uh, excuse me, Furnace and uh, Dan Crawford. But what did you do after? You know, after you were done with All Japan, you said you were done in about 1996. Did you come back and you worked at, I guess, an independent scene in the States?
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I fiddled around with some independents. Uh, I took a couple years off, uh, you know, just to, you know, uh, find myself, really. I mean, after you, you know... You know, after you're on the edge of that lightning bolt for 20 years, and then uh, you know they—it's uh, like you know—you get it gets taken away. It's uh, it, it's and that's why I think we've lost a lot of uh, of our young brothers. Uh, you know that uh, some of them that uh, that uh, they get used to making that money and being in the spotlight, and then when it's snatched away from them. And they weren't, you know, we don't get pensions or nothing like that, and they they don't have the money or the glory or the bright lights. Or the, then they, you know, and that euphoric feeling, walking out in front of twenty or thirty thousand people, that there's nothing like it, uh, you know, and, and uh, it's a high on its own, and 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 guys try to uh, try to, you know. Match that high, that euphoria with with drugs, and, and you know, and I had my problems with them too, and uh, uh you know, I was just lucky I was able to make a U turn before I ended up like a lot of them, but uh, but uh, you know, I I, I that's that's just the way I see it, I uh, uh, you know, that that has happened to a lot of you know guys, and even guys that are that were uh, you know, still doing good and, and making money. You know, I mean, that, that have died. You know, from from drugs. I mean, I don't. You know, that's a whole nother story. But I mean, I, I just, I just feel like that a lot of guys try to when when it's over. You know, they, you know, they they have a hard time with it. I did, and uh, but uh, but I took off for a little while, and then you know I got back in the indies and and messing around, never nothing really serious, just piddling around a little bit with it but uh but uh, you know I mean, I had a match uh three weeks ago, so i mean i i i'm fifty eight years old i mean i you know i'm I can still get around fairly well, and uh you know I know my repertoire's down to about three things, but uh you know I can still do the three things good so <laughs> Right.
3: Well, that's always good. Hey, you can always uh, the three things you just go to uh, one after the other. But let's—I just want to dial it back a little bit. Uh, the way you mentioned earlier, kind of tying into what you just said about you know people unfortunately having some uh, some issues. And um, you think about some of the names you have mentioned. Uh, and you mentioned Buzz Sawyer, you know, at the top of the show. When you think about Georgia Championship Wrestling, you think about Jim Crockett and all those great names. Well, what is it about Southern wrestling? that just kinda gets everybody gets your you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you want to go find those old tapes. You know, the Georgia Championship Wrestling was such a unique show at the time and even with the Crockets, they put on such a different um presentation. And I think a lot of it has to do with it being based out of the South. And, you know, John and I being from the North, you know, we're we're raised on the New York product, you know, the glitz, the glamour, this and that. But that Southern wrestling has such a, a niche following it. it really the hardcore fan just dies for it but what is it about southern wrestling you think that just draws fans in like from top to bottom well uh it, it, it,
0: it the the creative you know guys uh, you know the bookers uh, that that came up with it, with it, with it with these ideas and came up with these heroes and, and uh, uh, you know you know du- Dusty I mean I mean just all the old greats that, that that made it in Florida and Georgia and 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 for Watts over there and even for Von Eric's out there and uh, you know Freebirds and, and their run with the Von Ericks and. Um, Major championship there, you know, with Oli and and Gene and, and Tommy Rich and and uh, you know, just a, a host of all the greats came through there. All of them came through Florida. Uh, all of them came through the Carolinas. I mean, in the Carolinas back then, there, there was no pro teams up through there. In the Carolinas, it's, it's wrestling, racing, and religion, and, uh, and and you know, so they they endeared themselves to. Uh, to, to the product... Just one second. Oh, I'm not, I'm about talk here. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, they, it was a good product. I mean, it was... Well, it, the people, you know, it, the business was protected. The, the people believed. The people... And it was, I mean, you know, it was a good product. I mean, it was, you know... It, you you had your, your villains and you and you and you baby faces and, and uh people came out uh, you know, to see it and, and I don't know what it is. Why? I mean, they did good business up north too, you know, up there and uh at Stampede with uh Stu and, and Vince and Vern and, and uh <laughs> you know, all up in there and and uh but uh, I don't know. If you if you were to take all the the you know the really big big uh, beloved you know wrestlers uh, then I think more would probably have came out of the south than up, than up north but you know that's the argument too because there were a lot of great guys from up there too don't get me wrong but there was just you know so many that uh, that you know I mean I could go down the list, and and it's just, you know, uh, it's a who's who. I mean, just on and on and on. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dusty won his first uh, championship down there in Tampa and, you know, popped that territory. And, and, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, Eddie, you know, Graham started it down there, and him and uh, Boris uh, Malenko, Jody and Dean's dad, you know, was a, was a great heel down there, and and then Dusty came in kind of after, you know, a little, a little early 70s or whatever, and, uh, came in as a heel, then he, when he made his, uh, face turn, and, uh, you know, he popped the territory, and, uh, and, uh, and, and then, you know, the Fox would come in there, and the Jack and Jerry Briscoe, and, and just, uh, uh, Bugsy McCraw, I mean, uh, Ron Bass, uh, just I mean Barry Windham, uh Black Jack Mulligan. I mean you know it just goes on and on. Same thing with Georgia, and that's what I mean. They they'd hop from you know they they'd have a run in Florida and they'd hop up to Georgia, they'd have a run there, hop over to the Mid Atlantic, have a run there, go out for Watts, they'd have a run there, go for Fritz, and then work your way around and come back and you're fresh again. I mean it, you know the territories employed so many more of the workers in this place for, for the boys to learn and to become polished in their art. Uh, uh, and it is an art and, and uh, uh, and, and, uh, you know, now there's nowhere to learn to get on the job experience. That's, you know, uh, they put you out there, you work, you know, Eight nine times a, a week, uh, seven days a week, double shots and some. Uh, well, we have triple shots in Georgia on on, uh, uh, on Saturday. We'd do Saturday morning TV at CBS uh, studios there, Ted Turner station, and then jump in the car and drive to Columbus and do live TV out there at two o'clock, and then jump in the car and drive to Carrollton, Georgia that night. You know, it's a triple shot uh, that um, on Saturday. You know, it's a good little payday, but <laughs> and then. Uh, But that's the way it was. I mean, uh, Florida, uh, uh, let's see, every Monday night was like West Palm Beach. Every Tuesday night was Tampa. Every Wednesday night was Miami. Every Thursday night was Jacksonville. Every Friday and Saturday would be a spot show here or there. And every Sunday was Orlando, you know, every week. I mean, that's about the deal. And it was like that in all the territories. They had their, you know, main towns that, that they ran weekly. And uh, and then they'd throw in some spot shows here and there, but uh, you know that was the formula of uh, for decades. You know how these territories ran, and, and you know they they would uh, build their their heels and their baby faces, and then have the heels and the top heels from the other places come in, and, and and you know it was just a formula that worked, and and uh, and and you know every, everybody drew. Uh, it's just a shame that uh, the territories are no longer here, you know, especially for the guys, you know, trying to break in and trying to learn. Because I mean, you know, if you wrestle in independence, you might, if you're doing good, you might wrestle five or six times a month, but uh, you know, uh, it's just a lot harder nowadays for for uh, you know, unless you unless you got a good an, an end, unless, you know. You know somebody, or you know some kin to somebody, or to get you in the door, then you know get you get a you get you know somebody to look at you. But uh, you know, so it's uh, you know, I feel bad for some of these guys. You know, they just uh, they just don't know. They you know the guys that are training them don't know what they're doing. They don't, they never work nowhere, never, and, and they're out there, and they're training somebody, you know, I mean, it's just, it's depressing sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm helping out a little promotion down here in Georgia, middle Georgia, actually out of Dublin, just a little ways below Macon, Georgia, and uh, we got a little promotion called Dublin Sports Entertainment, and we, we're running uh, two towns a month, uh, Eastman and, and Dublin, Georgia, so, uh, you know, we're trying to trying to get that yep. up and going. But, and there's some other indies around here, you know, and they I guess they do okay from time to time. Uh, you know, Burt Prentice up there in Tennessee, he always promotes his shows, really. But you know, he has you know some some uh, you know Lawler and dundee and rock and roll and and, and And it just, you know, he'll put some guys on the card. He'll spend a little money, but he draws with it. But, uh, you know, for the most part, these Indies are, they still draw pretty decent up in the Carolinas, I think. But, uh, you know, around here, you know, if you get between 150 and 250 people, you're doing good, you know.
1: Yeah, very true, and you definitely, you hit on some really, really good points, you know, as far as the guys training today, and, you know, and uh, talking about, you know, the experience level and how you guys, you know, you definitely, you know, we're we're better workers back in the day, especially, it seems like today the wrestling business is hurting a bit, and uh, they could definitely use, you know, veterans like yourself and maybe some more places to work and such, you know, so forth and so on, but. I just really wanted to uh, hit the wind down and just uh, ask you, you know, because you wrestled everywhere and you wrestled so many good guys. But do you have a favorite match, or maybe matches you had in your career?
0: Well, I had, I had, uh, I had close to seven thousand matches. Uh, oh wow. So, I, you know, it's hard to put a finger on one. I, I enjoyed, uh, we weren't green, but we weren't polished pros either. Back uh, in the Florida Territory, back in the early 80s, uh, we we had a run with Jack and Jerry Briscoe. And that was, you know, like an honor to, to be able to work with them. Uh, you know, a little, little angle we had with them and... and uh um yeah, this is over here in the states, you know uh and uh oh uh, shoot, I don't know um uh, uh I like working with Ricky and Robert I like working uh you know I was a hill for the most part uh but um, oh shoot man i would have to sit down i mean i there's a lot there's a lot of them but i it's hard for me to put my finger on on just one, but in Japan. Uh, man, I, I I saw some things over there that just you know that that, that were just uh, beyond uh, you know outer space. That, I mean it 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 was just it was some of the some of the most exciting. Uh, you know I can't call it nothing but it, it was real. I mean it, it was real. Rest, it, you know rest, people say wrestling and Brother, this stuff was real, uh, and uh, 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 it it just it's it's really hard to 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 really explain. I know people have seen good matches and what they you know perceive to be good matches, and and I've seen a lot of matches, you know, and and, and there's different kinds of good matches. I mean, you you might it might be a good match between uh you know an underneath team might be a good match uh, uh, you know in a little comedy type match or whatever or, and then you know you have the the stiff brutal matches that are that are good but uh but the 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 perf- how they perfected the moves the 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 uh the things that they would invent, the things that uh was was just um uh you know i mean uh, you know i i i i i' I've, I've never get credit for it but i you know i i invented a couple of moves but uh but uh, 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 uh years ago but uh <laughs> a million people's used since but uh, anyway i mean there's just things done new new things cutting edge things uh that you would see done over there. And, uh, you know, Billy, my partner, Billy, he was the first one to ever do a uh, moonsault off the, off the, uh, um, turnbuckle onto the floor, you know, on Kibashi, you know, uh, Kibashi, I was over there when Kabashi had his first match. you know, when he was training and he was Baba's young boy, uh, you know, uh, just you know, catered any you know, laces boots and all, But see, none of that was disrespectful. All that was, you know, I mean uh, that's just the way it was over there. The, the young boys, you know, they honored the, the elders, and they, you know, they did what, you know, did what uh, what they, you know, what they what they had been raised to do, and it was no you know no disgrace or you know somebody might wise crack about somebody doing it over here but over there it's the norm. Uh and uh you know, and Baba I think Kabashi lost his uh first uh hundred matches or something, uh and and in Japan you can get over more losing a match than you do, than you can winning a match. You know? I, I don't know what my record was over there, but I'd say it's probably 50-50 uh wins and losses and and uh you know they it, it, all they wanted to see was heart. They wanted to see heart. They wanted to see a fight in you a, a, a good fight win lose or draw and and and, heart. and if you gave them that then they then then you then you would get you were, you were over with them. And and uh and and uh you know I I got cheered sometimes you know, after, if I, when I'd lose a match, then more than the guy that uh, won the match, you know, and, and, uh, uh, it's just, you know, it was strange how, how, uh, because they're raised up on judo and sumo and karate and, and, and all those high contact, uh, you know, in Japan with, you know, coming up and all. And so the wrestling, you know, I mean, it's, it's still pro wrestling, but it's, you know, it's amped up a little bit and, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's a little stiff, you know, it's a lot stiff sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you know, it would try not to, you know, put somebody out where they can't, you know, wrestle of course, and, but, but still there's some, uh, I've seen some really, really brutal stuff going on over there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, definitely. And we, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and really walking us through uh, your entire career because, uh, you know, we have a, an outline of what we like to hit, and you literally nailed every single thing that we wanted to talk about. So that is, in itself, that is very cool. You're an unbelievable storyteller. But before we let you go, just please, uh, one more time, just uh, throw out the plugs there for the you know for the wrestling that you're doing, the promotion that you have a hand in, uh, and anything you have coming up because uh, we'd love to get the word out for you.
0: Okay, well, like I said, we, we're running down here the third uh, Saturday of each month in Dublin, Georgia, and it's usually the second uh, Saturday of each month in Eastman, and they're about 50 miles apart, and uh, right here in middle Georgia, right below Macon, Georgia, uh, and, and uh, I guess it'd probably be, you know, it'd be 100, 110, 20 miles from Atlanta, but this is in middle Georgia here, and, uh, you know, uh, we did we did touch touch on you know some things, um, a, a lot of little things here and there, but I really didn't get in depth with with much of of anything. But because we, you know, I could sit here and talk for another three hours. <laughs> but uh, you know, there are a lot of funny stories and a lot of you know <laughs> things that would probably be entertaining to your listeners. That uh, that maybe at a later time, uh, you know, uh, we. You know, maybe I don't know uh, uh, how often you you know you do your podcast. I think I've heard it before though, and I liked it. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, but um, I was just real lucky and blessed, man. I, you know, I, but then I think again, I, you know, if I had broke in, you know, in the in the nineties and had my prime during the. 2000, 2010, and up up to now, you know, I might be a millionaire, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but 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 you know, I made money, I made money, I made lifelong friends, I went places, I was young, got to travel all over the world, and 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 I, and uh, you know, and, and I knew that while I was doing it, I appreciated it, you know, I just didn't uh, let it fly by me without taking notice, and uh, and so you know, I, I, I'm 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 happy for that and uh you know i'm i i feel like i made somewhat of a mark in wrestling and, and and uh you know i don't have any regrets but yeah yeah you know anytime you know you guys i enjoyed it and i'm glad you had me on and uh you know if you guys get down here to georgia to look me up you know with with uh or if i get up that way or whatever and uh I I go to some fan fests every now and then. I don't know if y'all have them up there, but uh, but uh, yeah, you know. Um, uh, uh, don't hesitate to give me a call if you if you ever uh, want to hear old Southern country boy run his mouth.
3: <laughs> we definitely <laughs> we definitely will call you back again. And trust me, if you can carry our show like you've carried your opponents, and uh, we know we did something right with you tonight. So thank you so much for joining us, and uh, all the best.
0: Okay, man.